Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today, I have Tori Jumi. True. I is that right? I got it right. Yeah. Yes, you said it perfectly. Amazing. So Tori is a health and lifestyle coach, and she has such a strong passion for helping mums, busy mums, busy women to just absolutely stop that yo-yo dieting cycle and take charge of their own health. And she really helps them through that whole personal growth journey that you get to go on. And I love how Tori also focuses on just changing, you know, one small habit at a time, little bit by little bit becomes a lot. So I'm so excited for us to have a chat about because obviously this aligns a lot with me and my values and passion in the health industry as well. So welcome, Tori. I'm so excited for to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I think this is such an important topic and it's so powerful when women support each other and uplift more. And I mean, not that it's you know, only women, but it's a powerful thing because we, we have so much strength when we are collective. So I'm super excited. Yeah, no, I could not agree more. Did you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your own health journey that you've gone on to get to where you are today? Sure. Well, I mean, like so many of us were, you know, lifelong yo-yo dieters, that would be me. Yeah. I mean, I think I did every you know, cabbage soup diet and Weight Watchers and counted every point. And I did all the things, especially growing up, but also um, when, after I had my babies and it Mm -hmm. was so hard to, you know, get back. First of all, you're changing your entire um, identity when you become a mom. And then after you're like, and this body is who exactly? Like, how do I get that Mm. back? So I knew right after I had my babies, like I have to do something different because I am nourishing my baby. So it was the first time that I understood I need to nourish me in order to nourish them as I was nursing. And so I kind of started this journey and as you know, life gets busy and I was, I've been a registered nurse for 23 years and I had worked at the bedside in the hospital for 20 of those years. And I was just absolutely exhausted and I was um, burning the candle at both ends and mommy was, you know, working 12 hour shifts and coming home and doing, I said, my second shift with the kids and Mm -hmm. my husband and, you know, just on the back burner. And, um, I was miserable and still stuck in the rut. And it was just, you know, I tried to out exercise my diet for as long as I can remember. And I just thought, Oh, if I do this, or maybe if I add more cardio and pretty soon I was just really worn down and it was the middle of pandemic And we have two um, special needs boys with autism and my husband and I had to tag team parents and he's also in healthcare. He's a home health physical therapist. So he was working through the week and I worked every weekend and we just tag team and lo and behold, even though we were as careful as possible, I worked in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit and took care of the sickest of the littlest of the littlest my husband out working with the elderly, we were very careful with who we were with because we knew we were with the most um, fragile population. We ended up coming down with COVID. And once I got sick, it was the like, okay, here we are. This is our come to Jesus moment. And this was before vaccines. This was before anybody knew much. And we, I wasn't morbidly obese, but I could have lost 25 pounds or so. And I um, just knew whatever I do, I need to do something that is going to restore my health in all areas. And I can't do this anymore. And I just decided that was it. I'm, I'm using food as medicine and I am no longer using it as a soother. And I am going to get a hundred percent on top of it. And I'm going to start one little thing at a time. And I am so grateful because I didn't think I needed a community. I didn't think I needed a coach. I didn't think I needed anything other than just somebody to tell me what to eat. Well, 
next thing you know, I uh, said, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to lose eight pounds. I thought I could do eight. And then I lost the eight and I lost the 12 and I lost the 20 and, and down 28 pounds. And I was like, gosh, I feel amazing. And this is so easy when you finally click that food is not your friend and it is not your enemy. It mm -hmm. is more natural. And when I got to that place, it changed my life. And that was when I fell in love with this whole idea. And I was like, every, everyone needs to know that you can have great freedom and you yeah. can step back from the cravings and you can almost like look at where you were before with a bird's eye view mm -hmm. and not feel so emotionally attached. And that was when, you know, I, my husband said, man, you'd be a good coach. I was like, yeah, no, I'm so busy. I'll have time for that. No, I can't. I have to take yeah. care of the babies and we, we've got too much to do and life and all the things. And, you know, doing a program where I was nourishing myself, small, frequent meals, and I was doing lower carb, lower fat, but I was actually getting all the macronutrients, which I was used to omitting one or two of them all, mm -hmm. at all times, depending on how I was feeling. Right. When I, when I did that, I realized I was actually healing from the inside out and all my mm -hmm. lab work came back and they were just like, Oh my gosh, your labs have never looked better and you look great and you feel great and we can see it. And pretty soon people were like, what are you doing? I need that. What what's happening? Come to me. And, and within about five months, I was able to quit my job and, you know, take care of me home and, and just help so many people. It's been, it's been over a thousand people in the last year two years that we've helped. And it's wow. been a gift to me, mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to my husband and I, to our whole family, because we get to be home together a lot. And because to be able to help others in this realm of what was so painful for me at some point in my life, um, gives purpose to it. So it's been such a gift. I'm so thankful for those hard times because, you know, I never could have pictured this, but I'm, yeah, this is it. This is it. I'm like, I'm never going back. <laughs> I love that. That is such a powerful journey that you have been on. And obviously so much has happened to get you to where you are today, but the fact that you're here and you're able to, to spread all of this, to help so many other women is just absolutely incredible. And I'd love to backtrack a little bit because I know that you mentioned, so after your first child and you felt, you know, there's this transition from going from no child to now being a mom and having a new identity and all of that sort of stuff. And for me personally, like I don't have children yet, but I do work with a lot of clients who do have young kids specifically. And one thing that they mentioned a fair bit, and I would love to know if you had a similar experience of after having a baby, there's a lot of pressure to get back to your pre-body before having a baby as well. And how this can very much lead into doing extreme things to try and get there and the detrimental effects that that can have. And have you had much experience with that personally or any clients that you have worked with as well? And how would you go about navigating your way through that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When you, you know, we get into comparison mode, whether or not it's, um, you know, comparing ourselves to someone else, I was pretty good, especially because I worked in, the family birth center. I, yeah. I attended deliveries and I helped mommies have their babies. So I never compared uh, my mm -hmm. body or my delivery or anything like that to others. But you know what I compared it to myself, yeah. to myself before having a baby. And so that ends up being like the, you become your own worst enemy. I'm like mm -hmm. beating myself up in order to try to, um, motivate myself. Like, oh, if I hate myself enough, then maybe I will change. And that is the shift is yeah. it is time for us to no longer use the, the strategy of beating ourselves up in order to make those changes. And when you realize it doesn't have to be everything all at one time, which is what I think we do postpartum. So many mm -hmm. of us moms like okay, know this and none of that. And, you know, and meanwhile, we're not getting sleep. We're adjusting to all these different things, right? We're just like, oh my gosh, there's so much happening. And it, and 
On top of that, let's be real. There's cortisol that's going up every time the baby cries in the middle of the night, you jump up and you're like, you know, and all of that, you, you know, at least for me, I did not, um, nurse my babies and have caffeine. I just wasn't able to, my babies would be wide awake. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I couldn't use caffeine as a source to get up. So what I would do is I would eat sugar or something. I would without even thinking about it. I was like, Oh, handful of chocolate because I could have that. That has caffeine in it too. By the way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I do have mamas that come to me and that's my favorite thing is to go, guess what? We get to do this in such a beautiful, easy, simple way. We're going to do one little thing at a time and we're not going to run five miles a day and we're not going to drink a gallon of water and we're not only going to eat organic vegetables and we're, we're not going to push out food for days and days and days. We're going to do one tiny thing today and we're building. And then next thing you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to have more energy because they give themselves the permission to care for themselves and put themselves back on the priority list. And that took me way too long. It took me getting sick with COVID myself with doctors saying, we don't know what to do. Sorry, you have brain fog. Sorry, you have cardiac issues. Sorry, we don't have any answers to me saying like, this is my come to Jesus. Like I have to get, get well. And I knew that my, you know, like lack, lack of eating healthfully, um, was going to catch up at some point. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love giving those mamas permission. And honestly, I'll be, I'll be totally honest. They'll, they'll call me connect. They want to get started. And then probably two, three weeks in, they're like, uh, eh, I don't think that I can do this anymore. And what they need is me to remind them of why they came and that they do have permission to feel good and that they don't have to be the sacrificial lamb for the family. And, uh, I need, I have to tell myself that too, still. So a lot of it is community and understanding like collectively, like as women, we need to uplift each other and we need to be those strong advocates for ourselves. Because if it was you coming to me, I'd be like, listen, baby, we're going to get this together. Right. And when it's yourself, you just go, you're being selfish. You don't mm-hmm. need this. You shouldn't take that time for you. Why are you doing this? The baby needs this. The kids need that. And in reality, it's taking it, it's a daily practice for me. And I don't always get it right. But I need to remember that if I fill my cup or I, if I put my oxygen mask on first, then I can help better. And so that's really what happens. I think postpartum and what I try to do in my coaching practice is remind moms, you get to advocate for you. I love that. And because it's natural, right? Your body, when it's tired, it craves sugar. It craves instant energy, which comes from the sugar, the carbs, the caffeine. And if you can't have the caffeine because you're breastfeeding or whatever the reasons are, you are, it's going to be so easy to reach for the sugar and the high carb and the easy, quick, convenient foods because it's there, it's accessible. It is going to give you that instant energy that your body is telling you that it needs. And so it's really, really important that you, you do, you take that time to actually put yourself first and heal, heal your relationship with yourself, heal your relationship with food so that you can approach these situations in a much clearer mind. And also you're right, having that community to have that guidance, that support, that accountability to just help navigate your way through the situations that you you need that extra support in, which is it's okay to ask for help. Yes. So, okay. It's more than okay. And then when I share with my clients that I said, I didn't think I needed community. I, I'm an autism mom. We're used to isolation. COVID didn't change my life at all. We were used to it. It's fine. But in, in the truth of it was, is that I did, and it probably just, it's for the accountability it's for showing up and people do care. And, you know, I, I did, I did learn so much from others who were in a similar situation. I may not have had the same amount of weight to lose, um, or I may have more, but I just realized like, we don't have to do this by ourselves and we do this by ourselves. Right. And the isolation breeds 
this dysfunctional picture and we just keep, then we, this is, you know, we don't diet in the dark when you diet quote unquote in the dark, you're really just saying, I'm doing this as a, you know, restriction thing. I'm doing this as a, I don't want anyone to see me, which is what I, I was so used to doing. Don't tell anybody. Right. But when you're vulnerable and you share your brokenness, that's when that healing can come up because you do have to step in to your fullness of who you really, really are. Cause those layers start to fall out and they fall out and then they get, you get put back together with the right, the right things. And that's the healing and that's the power. Yeah. And you can have that space where you actually can be vulnerable and not be judged like that you can create those safe spaces and i think that's something that you hold for so many women is just giving them that opportunity to connect with other women who are going through something similar so that they know that they're not alone and that it is a safe space where it is completely judgment free and they can come into that and just absolutely express whatever they need to get it off and know that they're always going to be welcome and supported and encouraged to be that best version of themselves Yes, 100%. I love it. So let's say that there are some women out there that feel like they are jumping from diet to diet to diet to diet. And every time I go to start the next one, they're like, this is it. This is the one that is going to make me become that best version of myself. I'm never going to have to go on another one, but it fails for them again and again and again. What would you say are those key red flags that actually indicate that somebody is stuck in that yo-yo dieting cycle that's just going round and round? Yes, I know. First of all, it's it's a, a little bit of denial, right? It's not accepting your current reality, which is like hiding. Um, I'm restricting. I am overly focused on food. I think the red flag for me was truly... Um, judging myself and judging my day on whether I was quote unquote, good. Were you good today? That was the question Mm -hmm. I would, were you good? Um, Oh, I was so bad today. And I was like, um, good and bad food is not neither. It's neither good nor bad. It is morally neutral and it is actually fuel. It is not your friend, your foe. It is fuel. It is fuel. And you may like certain fuel better than the other, but you know what, when you're, when you're, um, car is fueled up. It doesn't matter. You just feel good. And you know that you can get to where you need to go. So then you're the driving force in your life instead of food driving you. So I think when you have that moral attachment to food and whether or not you're, you're a good or bad person because of or your behavior is good or bad because of what you chose to eat is one of those big red flags for me. And just really vilifying certain macronutrients. Like I went through a, you know, I I've done them all. So when I was in college, I was um, in nursing school, I was vegan and I was vegan because there's a lot of good reasons to be vegan from time to time, but I was heavier there then than I am now because I ate a lot of carbs, <laughs> a lot of carbs, but I, I did it for um, health, what I thought was health reasons um, asthma. And I did get more under control. And I really had to hate all dairy. I had to hate Mm -hmm. it in order to not want it. So that to me is really a sign of like, not necessarily disordered eating, but it's really giving so much power away. And so when you're giving your power away and when you are, um, really assigning meaning to who you are because of food, you cannot sustain that kind of hatred and move yourself forward. You just slide right back and you will become belligerent to yourself because you've white knuckled it for so long. So I feel like those are those signs that are really key is, you know, separating out these certain foods or certain macronutrients and saying, I don't eat carbs (laughs) or I don't eat any fruit or dairy or whatever it is, because that makes you feel like you have control. And that's the truth. The truth is, is you're looking for some kind of control, right? And there you go. So when you're using that as your measure of success in this life, Mm. um, 
that's where we have to work on who we are here because that is not who you are, right? Yeah, absolutely. And food is not black or white. It's not all or nothing. There is no perfect way of eating. There has to be that balance that works for each individual in their lifestyle. And you're right. Like, it's also important to take a step back. And when you think about all of these different diets, it's like, well, who is making the money? from these diets right because Mm -hmm. the supplement and the diet culture industry is like a multi multi multi-billion dollar industry and for an example like even if we take keto the keto diet for an example that diet scientifically was designed for children who suffer from epilepsy that was it it was never designed to be a weight loss program yet one day somebody has run with it and now they are earning millions upon millions of dollars from this diet that they now promote, which literally restricts humans from their body's number one fuel source, which is carbohydrates. And of course, there's different forms of carbohydrates and all of that sort of stuff. But it's really important that you look at if you can't do something for a lifetime, don't do it for a day. Because if you actually restrict all of these foods and you think that you are going to add them back in later in life and still maintain all the results, it's not going to happen. You are just stressing your body out physically, you're stressing yourself out mentally, and you're creating like unsustainable results. And that's just going to result in you going back to where you started. And more often than not, diets that you go on have a 95% fail rate and you will put all the weight that you lost back on if not more weight because your body has gone through diet burnout where your metabolism has adjusted your body is just so stressed out like when you think about it the human body was not designed to constantly be restricted and deprived from food and our body is so much smarter than we ever give it credit for and it's, it's always working all the time to keep you alive right and it will do whatever it needs to do to survive and thrive. So if you are restricting your body and it thinks that it's starting to go into a starvation process, it will do whatever it takes to actually make you eat more food. It'll make you think about food 24 seven. It will make you overeat on food. Like your body will forever choose binge eating over starvation because it's its coping mechanism. And so it's important to understand that you actually can't outsmart your body at the end of the day. And it will want to keep you alive day in, day out. And it's not designed to be restricted from food forever. Yes, a hundred percent. That is absolute truth. And the truth is, as I say this all the time, this is a way of living that is not a diet, quote unquote Uh diet. If you can't optimize where you are right now, then you are really just dieting. If you are at a place where you're like, you know, I am just building on healthy habits. If you're building on healthy habits within a structure that is going to help you get to a certain goal, because that's what your body needs. And you can get to a place where you are growing in those healthy habits, whether it's, oh, I'm stacking a little bit more, or I, you know, have it stacking a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, but it has to be something that you can do and be successful on your worst day. Now, that doesn't mean that the, the day that that you feel amazing and you do decide that's the day that I'm going to start doing a little bit of, maybe you start with gentle yoga. I'm going to start with a little bit of gentle yoga and I'm going to build. Maybe I started with 10 minutes a day because I couldn't do more than that because I just was so fatigued. And then there'll be a day that I can do 90 minutes. Maybe I'm not going to um, you know, do 90 minutes every single day, but I know that my structure is still so clear and so doable that even if I don't hit a 90 minute class, I'm succeeding and I feel good. So it's not that I'm trying to out exercise a diet because that doesn't work. And mm-hmm. as we get older, I love that you touched on your body is going to keep you alive right? That's its job. And, and for us women, especially um, when we get to a certain age and we try to do intermittent fasting, it may work for some. And I will high five you all the way. You just go, girl, go, go, go run. But I'll tell you, I did it and felt like garbage all the time, all the time as at the bedside, taking care of babies. And I'm like, I feel so terrible. (laughs) I don't understand why this is not working. And it didn't work for me because I was in starvation mode. And, and my, my suspicion is because I dieted my whole life 
I'd really tanked my metabolism anyways, but all I was doing by intermittent fasting was really creating a nice little disordered eating pattern in my opinion. And I was then tanking all of my hormones so that basically all I was doing is just driving that hunger cue constantly. So if I'm doing that and I can white knuckle it for, Hey, maybe I can white knuckle that for a week. Then pretty soon you get to the point where you're like, you just, you have to lower your expectations and your joy and your feelings of being energetic so that you don't get disappointed. Right. And so then, (laughs) then you're like, no, this is just my normal. Well, how about that doesn't have to be your normal. And when you're in your thirties and forties and fifties beyond, and you can't sustain the whole intermittent fasting and do well, because your hormone levels are not compatible with that. Mm -hmm. Then when we do start doing this, they start to work in concert together. So my perimenopausal mamas are like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. My um, PCOS moms, they, you know, they're ovulating again. I just had someone come to me this last month who wanted to get pregnant. And she knew if she came to me and got into this, you know, nourishing, like, you know, um, hormonal relationship type of program where she was going to make friends with her body, that things would get better. And I, I will tell you week two, she goes, I said, what's your non-scale victory? She said, I ovulated. I was like, Mm. that's fantastic. And last week she sent me a picture of her positive pregnancy test. So I I was like in tears. She said, I, I'm just so excited. And I said, I knew this was happen. And, and it be, happens because you're nourishing yourself. You're losing the excess weight that you need to lose. You're using your fat stores to serve you instead mm. of weigh you down and you prepared that uterus. So it's all ready. So yeah. it's just a fantastic way of looking at it as opposed to just calories in calories out. And that's all you're focusing on. You need to look at the whole picture, your sleep, your stress, your mindset, your habits, your relationships, everything all plays into our health, right? Oh, absolutely. And the respect has to go two ways. Like when you actually start to show up and respect your bodies in the movement that you do, the food that you eat, the relationship that you have with yourself and your food, your body respects you back. But it has to go that two-way street. You cannot expect yourself to show up and disrespect your body and for your body to still show up and, and give you what you want it to give. It's the same as like putting fuel into a car, right? If you turn your car on and the tank is empty, you don't expect to get it from A to B. You will go and top it back up. Yet with our bodies, we don't fuel them adequately. We don't move in a way that feels good for ourselves. We don't get adequate sleep yet we still expect our bodies to function at that highest level that we want it to. It doesn't really equal out and make sense. And when it comes to things like intermittent fasting, if we actually look at the scientific study around it, right, 90% of the the studies are actually done on males. And the small, small percentage that is done on females is on females who are obese and do it for a very short amount of time. And this is because men run on 24-hour clock. Women, we run on that 28-day cycle, give or take, for different women. But we have to understand that our bodies are constantly changing throughout our cycle because our bodies are designed to reproduce, whether you can actually or not, but that's what they're designed to do. So that's how they function. And so for men, they're literally 24 hours. They're like every day their cycle is restarting and they can get up and go so consistently But for us women, we have to understand that at different stages of our cycle, we are going to feel a different way physically. We're going to feel a different way mentally and that we actually aren't going to show up the same every day because we don't run on that 24 hour clock. And when you can kind of learn to work with your body rather than against it, you can adjust your movement depending on how you're feeling. You can adjust your food take depending on how you're feeling. You're going to get a completely different result in your health. Yeah, but in every other area of your life as well, relationships friendships, careers, because like you said at the start, you are then actually putting your oxygen mask on first, which then allows you to then be the best version of yourself to everyone else around you, which is literally, you're just giving yourself that power back. Yes. And I love that. I have never thought of it in that way. And as a nurse, I should, 
um, especially working in the family birth center for 20 years. That's all we, that's all we talk about is cycles and, you know, periods and everything, but it's true. The 24 hour clock for a man and the 28 day or so cycle for women. It is absolutely true. And I, I see reversal of that menopausal state like within a couple of weeks with my clients and they just turn into a different person back yeah. into the person that they want to be because they, they forget that they don't have to be what their friend down the street is, or they don't have to be what that Instagram person posted or what, whatever it is. And I am, again, I am like, if that's working for you, high five it all the way, go girl. Mm -hmm. I will carry you on until it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, you can come to me. I'll, I'll love you right back to health. Like it's all good because no one particular thing is going to be the magic pill. That is the key mm -hmm. here. You know, this is going to be about making healthful, mindful, intuitive choices consistently. It's not going to be 28 days. <laughs> it's not going to be 20 more hours. It's going to be something that is going to take time. When you look at it from a sustainable point of view, and if you can ask yourself, can I do this every day forever? If the answer is no, something needs to change. I'm not saying all things need to change but you need to change something so that it's doable each and every single day. Right. And fueling mm -hmm. your body, however you so choose to do it, as long as it's getting your metabolism going, as long as you're starting to work in concert with your hormones and you are making friends with yourself and not with food, then you've got it. You've got it. And you can get back to your optimal health so that you can become that per that mama who's running around on the beach. That's what I said to myself. I was like, Oh my gosh, I think I realized right now I have two choices. I could do this quote unquote diet and I could just get this weight off and be done. Or I could actually get to a place where I am really like, um, invested in my health and I can wear that bathing suit, run around on the beach, play with my kids, be in the water, like make memories with them instead of worry about my cellulite or whether or not I have the right outfit. And that meant a lot to me. It was a huge driver behind why I made the choice to go all in in our health and my husband's a hundred percent behind it. And he's a coach as well. And, you know, we, we have this, we tag team and it's been fantastic because it, we keep each other accountable. Right. But it then passes on to your family and your kids yeah. in your circle. And it's a gift. I really believe like when parents, I'm going to just say when mommies, I think, especially get healthy in the right way. I feel like it's a generational gift because they're, those kids are seeing a happy mama. They're seeing a mama that even when days are hard, she's not reaching for wine. She's not reaching for the Cheetos. She's making a choice to say, I feel really sad right now and I need a few minutes or I'm going to go take a shower and I'm going to come back. I might be tearful and that's okay because when we acknowledge how we're feeling instead of shove it down with food, okay. drinking we're different. And yeah. our kids need to see that they need to see yeah. that we make it through bad days without numbing out. And so I, I just, I love that it can, when you make the conscious choice to stop the diet mindset and you move towards wellness and it just keeps getting better and better because it just can, there's so many different options of how to, um, make your world healthier, right? Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I have so many clients that experience just that of when they actually start to put themselves first. And if the kids are throwing a tantrum or whatnot, and they're like, okay, I actually just need to go take a breather. I need to go do a form of self-care. They come back in a much clearer headspace rather than, you know, escalating or elevating the actual situation at hand. They can come back and show up as that best version of themselves to handle the situation that you know, allows it to roll over smoothly and get to the end result that they wanted to get to, which means that, and a lot of them also do say that when they're in the good mood, when like the mum in the house is in the good mood, 
everyone else's energy is also in that good mood because they feed off they feed off it and i think that's so important and so it's exactly right when you actually do something for yourself it's at the end of the day like yeah it's for you but it's not only just for you it's literally changing like the life of everyone else around you and so if there are some women who know that they are actually stuck in that yo-yo dieting cycle and they do want to break free from it what are your guess steps to actually start to take that action to break free from the yo-yo dieting because i think for a lot of women it's almost a form of comfort right it's like this is what i know this is what i've been doing for years upon years and i don't want to do it anymore but it's also the only thing that i know and it's what makes me feel like i do have control over food i know for a lot of women as well they think that if they stop that dieting they're like but i'm just going to eat everything and anything in sight like i don't have that relationship anymore how do you go about allowing and helping women to navigate their way through that that is such a great question and you know it's not a, a one size fits all right because everybody's oh. a little bit different and i think you know first it starts with recognizing where am i like where am i in my life right now and where do i want to be so if i am here in this you know overweight exhausted, can't get up and play with my kids because I'm, I'm so uncomfortable kind of place. And you do finally get that. I usually get a call, um, after someone's gone to the doctor and the doctor said, you need to lose some weight, but they don't tell them how they just say, you need to lose some weight or they get some lab work that's concerning, or they get told that they need to be on medications or they are just in a place where they, they can see that it's just going downhill and it's not getting any better. And when they can look at it and say, I am this uncomfortable now. So if I am willing to change it, then I have to look at what do I want? So knowing what they want and why is key. So I always just say like, sit down, if you have to get a piece of paper and write down the middle you know, put a line down the middle on the right, say, what is it that I want? What do I want in my mm -hmm. life? What do I want my, my body, my health, my, my relationships, my finances, my mindset, what do I want here? And what am I willing to do to get it? And on the other side, what is it going to look like if I do nothing? Yeah. How is that going to feel? Because if you're still writing out all the bad and you're, you're, you just can't see it. What that tells you is you need somebody that can tell you how it can be. And you need somebody. And I think it's a coach who has an expertise in this that can believe for you because we all don't believe that it will work for us. In fact, I said to my husband, the day that I started this, I said, I just want you to know that this isn't going to work. There's too many carbohydrates. I'm sure of it. And I'm not going to be successful because this isn't what it's just, this isn't going to work. And I am pleasantly surprised that it absolutely works to fuel your body small, frequent meals and get yourself on track. Right. But I think that when you number one are willing to look at where you are and where you want to be, know that very clear clarity, what you want. Second is reaching out to the right person for support. But the third thing is also being vulnerable and asking for help, asking for accountability and asking for that support, because it's a really, really big deal. And nobody wants to, I, I say it all the time, people reach out to me on their worst day. They yeah. never, ever reach out when they're feeling good. Yeah. Ever. True. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm yeah. like, I meet them at that place because I remember what it was like to be like, I'm here again. I'm in this yeah. place again. And it, it doesn't have to be lifelong. And I knew I had that choice. Like I could, I could do this again, mm -hmm. lose the 20 pounds and gain it right back. Mm -hmm. Or I could do it different this time. And I decided I was going to do it different. Yeah, absolutely. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. If you keep doing the same thing, you're just going to keep getting the same result. And sure, that like all the different diets might be masked in a different way. And I get that they they look sexy, right? They promise you these amazing promises that you're like, I want that, but I guarantee you they all have the same 
style behind it where they put you into such a restrictive state that your body's going to be physically stressed out. You're mentally going to feel deprived and restricted that you're going to get the exact same result that you got the last time and the last time and the last time. So this is where it's key for you to actually be like, I need to do something different because I actually want that different result. And by you actually like having those different sides that you want and being like, well, this is actually what I want. This is what I'm willing to do to get there. Like incredible, right? Like that actually allows you to see for you personally who you want to become in the life that you want to live. And at the end of the day, we are, we're all different. We all have different bodies. We all have different lifestyles and yours doesn't have to look like anyone else's. You don't have to be like anyone else. You get to determine what that is for you individually. And I think for a lot of people and mums and busy women, life, life can be so hectic, so go, 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 so full on, so busy that they start something. And as you said, you know, you have a lot of women that week two or three, they're just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah. That Because whenever you start something new, and I guarantee someone who will be sitting there being like, yeah, I feel this all the time every time I've gone on a diet, is you're motivated. You're like, this is it. This is the one. I'm so ready to go. Week one, you're, you're gun home, right? After a couple of weeks, you're like, I'm not motivated anymore. I don't know if I can keep doing this. That discipline, you know, that deep why, why did you start? Why are you doing this? Has to come into play. So I guess how do you help busy women and mums navigate through that to make sure that they they push past? Because obviously you can see the potential that they can get to, right? And how do you, I guess, give that back to them so that they keep going and don't give up? Yeah, you know, and I love that you touched on that because this is something that I'm I'm really passionate about is that, you know, willpower and motivation are not meant to last, right? They're there to help us make a decision. They're there to help us get through a crisis, but they are not meant to be long-term. And anytime that we start something, our our bodies and our brains are like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm in the sympathetic nervous system place and I am amped up, I'm ready to go. And I know I'm excited, right? Well, then as you start making progress, which you will see progress the first couple of weeks, you definitely see progress. You're getting in the rhythm of things. You're getting the support. You're feeling good. Then week three, this happens inevitably. So I tell my clients this before we start so that we're, we're, we're ready and ready to go. Week three, you will say, I'm not seeing any movement on the scale. Ugh, this is hard. Like I'm tired of this. And that's when we go, Hey, I go, congratulations, you are definitely successful and you are going to continue being successful because you're recognizing the difference. And all that we need to do right here is we need to shift from willpower to why power. And we're going to remember why am I doing this so that we can recharge that motivation. We can recharge that that willpower by looking at what it is I want to create and look at all the things that you have created so far in the freedom of your choices, in the freedom of your, of your body and being able to do the things you want to do or feeling better. And so one thing I really encourage is I, I let them know ahead of time, Hey, this like, go, go, go. I'm ready to go. Feels awesome. And it's going to be there on and off but it's not meant to last. And that's okay. Your body couldn't last in that fight or flight all the time, right? And so what we need to do is we're gonna look at a visual. So I'm huge into vision boards and I encourage my clients to make those vision boards to be really clear. So a lot of times I will say, tell me why you wanna do this. Sometimes they'll tell me, I wanna go to Disneyland with my grandchild and I wanna be able to go without a, a walker. I wanna be able to, to ride all the roller coasters or they say, I wanna go to this beach in Hawaii and I wanna wear a bikini and run around. I will send them a picture of Disneyland on week two. I will send it to them on week three and say, I know this is waiting for you and I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see what this is going to be like. And it's around the corner. It, it might be two years from then, but I'm believing for them, holding that space for them. And I ask them to make a vision board, to make it clear so that they can see it. Doesn't have to be anything fancy at all, right? You can do it with pens and paper. You can do it with uh, Canva, whatever you want to do. But I also encourage them to every, depends on how much they need to release. Like, let's say they have a hundred pounds to go. Then I say every 10 pounds, what I'd like you to do is write out a non-food reward 
And I'd like to you to, to set it ahead of time. Something that's a little bit special, but something that's not too unreasonable, right? And they get a little bit more special as you get closer and closer. And so when you have something like that and they can, they can screenshot it and send it to you, you can hold them accountable to that. Mm. Like, Hey, I know you're so close to getting that manicure pedicure. So this week, tell me what's going to be different so that you really stay on track and feel confident that you're going to hit that goal this week. Right. Mm. So it's having a visual. Yeah allows you then to say, I'm not going to consult my feelings today. I'm going to consult my vision, my goals, my dreams. And so I might get up and say, dang, I don't feel like getting up and doing you today. That's okay. I don't have to feel like it because I'm not consulting how I feel. I already made the decision on the front end and I have to make that decision on the front end every single day. Right. Yeah, and so absolutely. That's what I tell them. Like, that's okay. You you don't have to be motivated to do this. And yeah. that's, well, yeah. If you waited for motivation for every area of your life, like, you know, you're going to be waiting your entire life for it really. And as you, I think the reward that you remind people of is so important because as humans, and I feel like, especially women, we are so driven to tick off that next task, do that next goal, look at where we aren't yet we forget to actually stop and recognize how far we have come and everything that we have achieved along the way. And especially with health journeys, we're constantly focused on the point that we are not there yet, but you have to recognize that you were doing so much already and you were achieving so much. And like you said, your journey might take you, let's say 12 months, right? And you are so used to doing things that are like eight week challenges, you know, four week whatevers, but it's, wouldn't it be better to do the 12 months? actually achieve the results, get results that you can then last like for the rest of your life, rather than spending the next five, 10, 15, 20 plus years, constantly restarting all the time. And I get it. I get that 12 months, two years, three, like it doesn't sound appealing. And especially in today's world, we want instant results, right? Like we want that instant gratification right here, right now. And we can get it in so many things. Next day delivery, same day delivery, whatever it is, social media, but if you can just change that mindset and be like, I am committed to me for the rest of my life, I will do what it takes to get to that end point and actually stay there. Like you're yeah, going to experience it. That's yeah. absolutely true. And I tell myself this all the time, like you never arrive no. at your health. It is like the laundry. You do it every single day. There's always something to do. It is never done. So if I go in with an attitude of like, I just have to get to this goal. If I get to this number, then I'm done. I have news for you. You're going right back where you were before. It might take you a year or two to go back. But if you then shift it and say, wow, I'm so super excited. I have a goal. I know kind of the direction, I know the direction I'm going and I have a goal in mind. And when I get to that goal, the beautiful part is I get to practice my healthy habits and just get better and better and better. And that's what it is. It's a practice. Yoga is a practice. Your health is a practice. It's a choice every day to make that, to make those decisions. And you know what? You don't gain 50 pounds, five pounds, whatever it is in a day in one sitting, in one choice. You make those decisions daily, little tiny decisions every day that get you where you are. It's the same with your health. So even if you get there, right? It doesn't mean that it's done. You get to practice those healthy habits. And if you practice those healthy habits, you can go on vacation and enjoy yourself. You can skip a workout because you broke your toe like I just did a little bit ago. You can you can go and have one of those really busy weeks but still make progress and still stay in a place where you feel your best because you've practiced these small habits yeah. throughout. And that is everything is recognizing we have to hone our skills. We have to get emotionally intelligent deal with the pain, not the peanut butter. It's not about mm -hmm. that, <laughs> but I thought if I, if I just admitted it, right, then, then all yeah. my, my, the weight would fly off. Well, that's so interesting, right? So mm -hmm. when we realize, yeah, my kid is, is misbehaving and I'm feeling all the emotions and the guilt and the frustration, and the, you know, whatever it is. 
And instead of coming home and eating chips, I might just pour a big old huge glass of water and be like, I'm going to drink this water right now. And then I might go cry for a little bit and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to regroup. And it's okay because I recognize like when I'm, when I'm true to where I'm at, like I am loved anyway, and I'm enough, even if I fall apart. Right. But Mm -hmm. what I was trying to do is if I just have this snack, then I'll just be busier. Right. I'll Mm -hmm. have that energy. Yeah. Yes. And I'll clean the house really fast. I'll do some laundry. I will be, and I won't have to feel those icky feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, wow, I, I don't think they told me this, that, you know, being healthy was like, you unzip your fat suit. So you feel a lot of things you feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mentally and physically, you have to process, you have to unpack, you have to peel back those layers and get to the root. Why is, what is driving this? You know, why do you turn to food for that comfort, for those emotions that you were experiencing? What, what is that deeper cause? And when you can peel that back, yeah, it might be confronting. It might be an emotional journey to go through. So again, having that support there to help you and to be that safe space for you to unpack it all is so important, but it literally gives you that control. It gives you power back to then be like, okay, well, I actually want to change because I don't have to live my entire life feeling this way and turning to food and for food to have that control over me. I actually get to be the one in control over it all. Yes. And that is right there. That's freedom. Yeah. And I, can, I can say by and far, that is the best freedom I've ever mm. had. The best tasting freedom, I'll tell you, is when you know that you have control over your cravings, you have control over how you respond, um, and that food is not the driver of life anymore. Wow. That is brilliant. I'm like, we're going on vacation, and I I don't even care where we go eat right now because I want to just go play, and I want to go to the beach, and I want to run around nourished. So I don't care. We can focus on food when we're sitting at the, at the table together as a family, but in years past it was, Oh, we are going to the beach. So let's just grab all the snacks. And then I'd go all day without eating and then just snack a little bit here and here, here, here. But you're always thinking about it because you don't feel that good when you're not nourishing yourself. So it is total freedom and it's a gift to be able to share that with others so that they can then have that same breakthrough. Because again, not perfect, still have to practice it, still mess up, still make Mm -hmm. choices. But I then go, oh, my stomach hurts. Why did I choose that? Dang it. But I also have figured out a way to bounce back without beating the crap out of myself. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest thing is I can no longer uh, motivate myself by being disgusted. Right. Whereas in the past, I don't know about you for me, if I stepped on the scale and I saw a certain number, then I was like, Oh, I am so, so bad. I am so Mm -hmm. awful. Right. I'm so terrible. And it's only so long that that will motivate you, right? This goes in back into talking about week two, week three, losing mm-hmm. your motivation. When you become good enough, quote unquote, good enough, you're like, oh, okay, that number's not there anymore. Okay, good. Okay, I'm fine, right? Or I yeah. go back into yeah. my 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 not so fat pants. Okay, great. I feel fine mm. now. Well, we have to learn how to reach for more and yeah. not just stick to the pain side of things. So you're either being pulled by a vision or you're being pushed by pain. And I try to encourage my clients to like, thank you for, thank your pain for being here and for getting you to this place. But now we get to work on the positive and what we're working for. And even when you make a choice that's not successful or compatible with your success, you can then step back and say, I don't have to wait to beat myself up. So I, I eat something I shouldn't, um, I shouldn't do that because I know that I don't feel good. Not shouldn't be a bad thing, but I know because it doesn't make me feel good. But instead of the next meal getting on top of it, I wait till Monday and then I wait the next Monday. (laughs) So 
what we're doing is essentially is we're trying to beat ourselves up. We're trying to get mm-hmm. to a place where we hate ourselves enough to do something about it again. And mm-hmm. that, that negative place that you're trying to use to try it. Cause that's what we're used to. We're, we're yeah. just used to that. And we have it, we have the freedom and the ability to not do that and to reach for more and stay in a place of empowering ourselves. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to come into all of these situations with a curious mindset. There is no failure. There is only ever feedback. And if you are curious about all of the experiences that you go through and you look at how can I learn from this? What can I take away from it? You just constantly level up and you constantly step into that version of yourself that you want to be physically, mentally, health-wise, all parts of your life, which is incredible. Now, Tori, I do have some quick fire questions for you. Are you ready for these? Yes. Amazing. Okay. First one is, what is one thing that you must do every morning to set your day up? Okay. The one thing that I have to do is I drink water. I drink 21 sips of water before anything else touches my lips. 21. Oh. But I, I had to start with two because I used to yeah. get nauseous because I couldn't do a whole bunch of water. Now I do 21 sips. That's very my first. Specific. <laughs> it is very specific. I read it one time and I was like, okay, I'm probably about 10 and I'm good. Yeah. And then I have my coffee and, and that kind of thing. But I was like, okay, I'll go for the 21. I, yeah, now that, that's a, nice. just a habit I, I stacked. I love it. What is one thing that everyone can do every day to improve their life? One thing you can do is just like what I was speaking of. You can drink more water because that is yeah. a simple thing. It is free and it serves all areas of your body, right? It yeah. is yeah. nourishing for everything. But I would say turn off the news. Mm-hmm. Turn off the news. Don't do it. I haven't watched the news since um, nursing school. So that's been yeah. 23 years. I think yeah. I don't do it. Um, and, and have a gratitude practice, even Love if it's it. fine, but I, I think writing it down is mm-hmm. power. there's power I mean, in our, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. what is your favorite quote and why? Oh, my favorite quote. I have one from a friend of mine who is a coach who I, she just fills my spirit. She has a Southern accent. I wish I could, I could (laughs) emulate her right now, but she's amazing anyway. So she wrote something or she said something a couple years ago and I wrote it down. I have it here. Let me say, okay. So it is tomorrow is a brand new day. We got new mercies, new grace, new strength, new opportunities, new abilities, get up tomorrow and do the dang thing again. Mm. And that is by Heather Wallace. I love it so much because it inspires me when we're talking about parenting, uh, health, business, exercise, whatever that is, that is on your heart. It's, is you don't have to have it all in one day. It doesn't all have to be perfect because tomorrow's the new day. I love that. That's so powerful. And one question that I do love to ask all my podcast guests is in the distant future, when you are looking back at your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement or one thing that you will be most proud of? And now this might be something that you have already done, or it could also be something that you are planning to do in the future. Such a good question. I think honestly, when I look back, I, I hope that, um, I look back and I'm so proud that I was willing to leave my really secure, high paying nursing job to serve my community in a different way in this um, capacity. And when I did that, I matched my income and then some. And Mm -hmm. that for me was such a gift because I did it for the love of it. And it just, you know, poured out and gave so much more back to us as a family. And I hope that, you know, I look back and, and our kids see how hard, um, my husband and I worked to stay married, to stay connected, to serve them, to make sure they had everything that they need, all the therapies, all their, all the love, all the extras, so that they they have the best chance at living their dreams. So they see that we took chances and that they can take chances too. And that they yeah. don't have to settle for 
for surviving anymore. Yeah, I love that. Now, Tori, did you want to tell the audience what you have coming up with anything for them? And where can the listeners actually find you? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I am just going to be over here living our best life this summer, like love <laughs> swimming it. and eating watermelon. And we're going to be playing and um, helping other mamas do the same. But um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Tori Dimitru, all one T-O-R-I-D-U-M-I-T-R-U. Um, and on Facebook, same. And we're just, you know, like, living our life in a way that we can do it sustainably easily and um you know being as connected as we possibly can in this wild wild world right now um it feels really good and um we're looking forward to kind of more of a maybe a i shouldn't say this but i'm going to just say a slower season maybe having great downtime being out of school my boy homeschools and it's just nice to have that time where we can just disconnect from other stuff and we'll be at the beach next weekend and headed there so yes we love it there that's a happy place yeah for sure amazing well thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything that you have with us i think that the listeners are going to be able to get so much out of today's episode i will put all of the links in the show notes so that they all have easy access to go over and check you out and read more about your journey that you've been on, but also you share so much incredible messages and uh, inspiration and just educational tools as well for women to use. So I highly, highly recommend that all the listeners go over and check you out, but thank you so much for coming on today and sharing everything with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so, so great. I feel like um, when I get over to your direction, we'll have coffee together. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) What an inspiring episode today with Tori. I really hope that you got something out of today. If you did, I would love to hear what it was. So just head over to my Instagram, which is KJ Wellness with three S's, because I would absolutely love to connect with you over there. I hope that you enjoy the rest of the day or the evening whenever you are listening to this episode. And I will chat with you very soon in the next one. Until then, you take care. Bye.